Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look back on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not going to review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, we done my AW Rampage pay-per-views premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown, where all of our dreams came true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into that. I really am. Um, but just, uh, this is going to sound like a negative, and it's not, but while like, I'm very, very excited to shower the bulk of what made this SmackDown so great with positive energy. Yes. I am really enjoying SmackDown's descent into what is effectively one month long WrestleMania kickoff show. <laughs> like I'm really enjoying it. I know that won't be to everybody's taste, and I would say the one big match they did like sell you on the quality of fell a long way short. I felt on this mm. episode, and we talked on the preview. We were trying to give WWE the benefit of the doubt about being intelligent about how they arrived at. Uh, Satisfying outcome for the triple threat mm, for the yeah. title. I think I nailed the finish, but then the follow through kind of was just MWWE in it. So there's like a few things there. Where you're just like, ah, you're, like this isn't really a wrestling show now. There's not been that much in ring to speak of that will excite the senses. Yeah, a lot of talking on this show. However, I feel like every week, and we do you know watch all of this. So I sometimes worry that our opinions are skewed by the fact that we are watching all of it. Often at anti-social UK hours, yeah. crack of dawn, watching that kind of thing. Sometimes it sounds like we're looking at our gift horses in the mouth by saying, can you slow up on the good wrestling, please? Mm -hmm. SmackDown feels like it's nailing that for me. I am not watching these episodes and thinking, oh, this is low on wrestling quality. This is low on really good in-ring because they're just hitting all the big angles. Yeah, They're hitting all the stuff that really matters. Um, it feels like everybody and everything is all about, right, I'm either in a few that is going to WrestleMania or I really want to go to WrestleMania or the match I want can only happen at WrestleMania. All of these things. And there's that big sign hanging in the background. And it's just elevating it and elevating it and elevating it and elevating it. And it's the pedestal that you want a WrestleMania to feel like it's being put on by yeah. its build. And it is just happening so effectively in ways that I'm not feeling with some of the matches on Raw. Yeah. Like the SmackDown side, probably I haven't counted, but it feels like it is contributing less to the card overall in terms of quantity but the quality is way higher, mm. substantially higher. Um, it's not perfect, and there's a couple of things we'll get into on this one. 
about card filling and about these kind mm. of the cold realities of some WrestleManias for some wrestlers that you would have imagined things better for. But the big stuff, week after week at the moment, is just hitting in a major, major way. And they gave you something here. They gave you an enormous plot development, a huge one. At yet again, what I would say is just the perfect time. Mm. So I think it'd be, I don't know, just a bit needless to complain about some of the undercard stuff when you are being so satiated at the other end. Yeah. It was uh, Mother's Day weekend here in the UK. I'm not sure. Is there a different date in America? They do. It's in May. I always remember that because the first In Your House in 1995 was opening with Jerry Lawler and Brett, and he comes out with this young model on his arm, Jerry Lawler, and he's like, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. I'm going to beat Brett Hart just to stick it to his mother, Helen, and so I can impress my mother. And she's like some 22-year-old or something like that. Surely not, Jerry. I know, yeah. Shocked to. Um but yeah, so I ended up watching this show a lot later than normal. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's first thing Saturday morning that I catch up on. Uh, would you say you slotted this into the Rampage shift? Uh, it wasn't that bad because I watched <laughs> Rampage at lunchtime today, <laughs> the very last possible second I had to. Um, but it was, yeah, very late on a Sunday. And it was one where you know, I've seen bits online. So I built up what happened at the conclusion of this show in mm-hmm. my mind. And it still managed to surpass that. I think this is... <laughs> This is the greatest storyline WWE possibly has ever done in my lifetime. The the multi-layered bloodline, KO, Sammy, and of course, Cody Rhodes stuff. Um, and the one thing I was really down on coming from the SmackDown side of things, heading towards WrestleMania, the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Mm. Uh, it pulled me back in. Yeah, a good week when it needed it, I think. Uh, but we'll get to that in due course because the show opened with Cody Rhodes coming out. Uh, a sign of things to come, mm-hmm. I sense. Um, gets a great reaction. Huge Cody chance. Says, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> uh, and he you know, talks about his title shot at WrestleMania. He says, I consider Roman Reigns the best champion in sports and sports entertainment. He's a great champion, and that's why I can't wait to beat him for the title at WrestleMania. But I don't want to talk about someone. I want to talk to someone. And he calls out Kevin Owens, and there's a bit of a... And then here comes KO. Um and Owens is basically saying, look, I know, I know why you're here. I know what you want to talk to me about. But Cody cuts him off and says, ah, I feel like another person needs to be here to be part of this conversation. Sami Zayn, come on down. And out comes Sami to another great reaction. Uh, and Rhodes talks about pulling the curtain back. He says about his in- incredible respect and love for Kevin Owens. He talked about seven or so years ago when he said to WWE, good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> um, and leaving and going... Over there. Over there. Uh, Talked about false confidence. Owens being the one to introduce him to some friends who could, you know, make his dream kind of feasible. Uh, The Young Bucks. Yeah. And uh, this is a favor he can never repay, uh, but he'd like to try right now. He wants to have the conversation. (laughs) Um, And there's a hug it out chant here. Um, Owens says, look, I've heard everything you've got to say, Sammy. On numerous occasions. And Sammy cuts him off, says, no, you, you haven't actually. Oh, you know, and also, I haven't heard what you've got to say. Um, throughout our history of doing unspeakable things to each other, we've always come back to the same page eventually. Why is this time so different? Um, if there's anything Owens needs to say, tell me now. Uh, if it's yelling, if it's violence, if it's hitting him in the face, whatever it needs to be then fine, just as long as we can get back to working together. And Owens considers this, uh, and he's like, we done here, Cody? You got what you wanted? And uh, Cody says, hey, it's not about what I want. We're in the service industry. 
Uh, it's what everyone wants. They want to see you two back together. And Sammy's like, yeah, everyone wants this. Great line here from Sammy. It's in our best interest. We can be the ones that bring down the ones. Love that. Really good. Um, he says, no, I know it'll take years eventually to repair things. We don't even need to be friends right now. Uh, but Owens cuts him off again and says, look, I've heard all this. Um, I, I get it, you know, not friends, not friends, whatever. But why would I fight for someone who doesn't want to be my friend? He appreciates Cody trying to do this, but I'm all set. And Owens walks away and leaves the two men in the ring with Sammy looking conflicted. Um, I'll mention what came afterwards and then I'll get your thoughts yeah. on this because go to a break, come back. Owens is uh, heading off in his car. Nice night, nice work, that wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar schedule. <laughs> um, but Sammy stops him and says, you're wrong. We are friends. We'll always be friends. We're brothers. Uh, look, if you never want to talk to me again, that's fine. But I still love you. <laughs> and Owens, this, this clearly hits him. Yeah. Because he takes a moment before he jumps in his car and pisses off. Uh, well, just fantastic acting because it feels real and yeah. some of it is, really. Like, Cody was tremendous. I love that. So I love... That um, if I get my superior references wrong here, I've absolutely mangled this tape, but I'm going to try anyway. I love that they have positioned Cody Rhodes to be the perfect next John Cena and he's already been Peacemaker. Yeah, yes. Have I got that one right? I think so. Like, this has been just the most. I'll tell you what I love about this story at this point more than how great the run up to the Royal Rumble 2023 turn was and how. Like, incredible the atmosphere was around Elimination Chamber and all of these, and, and the drama around War Games and all of these individual pay-per-views mm. that you've sold off the back of wherever the Bloodline saga is up to, um, is now, as we approach WrestleMania, getting to admire the plotting of it. Replay the tapes, by which I mean of our podcasts, where I tell you that's exactly what they're doing as early as Christmas. Yeah. But I'm so impressed that they've done it anyway. Like, I'm so impressed that they've stayed the course. I think they've probably been aware of, um, not criticism, but I think they've been aware of how difficult it could have been mm -hmm. and how big yeah. a juggling act and a plate spinning act it could have been from all, the, not just the, the writing staff and the creative team and Paul Heyman and everybody, but the, the key components, the wrestlers, one wrong line from a Cody Rhodes and all of a sudden you might turn the fans against him. Mm -hmm. One... Uh, Desperate plea too far, and you respect Sami Zayn less. One pie face too much, yeah. and you kind of lose faith in Kevin Owens being able to find his way back. There's a lot there where ultimately fans, and especially in WWE, fans simply haven't been given reason to have faith. But the more, I don't know what this is, I don't know what analogy I'm going for here, but the more you built it up, rather than it being like typically in WWE, here we go, yeah. Right In WWE, typically, the more you build something up, you would build it up like a Jenga tower where you would feel like you were pulling the block away and the tower was getting less stable the more it grew. Yeah, yeah. Here, this is building like a pyramid where it's actually becoming sturdier and sturdier and sturdier until it reaches that apex, which is going to be at WrestleMania, which is supposed to be the apex. This is the polar opposite of how they've typically built even, even the half-decent long-term stories. Yes. And I would look... It wasn't really half-decent by the end, but if you look at a long-term story like Becky and Ronda's rage with each other building into WrestleMania and the Charlotte Flair was part of it. But them two specifically, like Becky suddenly needing a crutch, Jenga block out the bottom, going into the top. Becky needing to apologise to the authority, 
Jenga block coming out the bottom and going yeah. at the top. The tower's still there. It's still it's still good. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> and the tower just about doesn't fall over and you get to WrestleMania and you get what you want, right? This is the total opposite of that. And I think as much as there will be arguments that fans just want to engage in what they're seeing on television and they're buying these characters as characters, I think there are more fans than people realise that want to watch this and want to see this get paid off. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm going to repeat this take on a number of different podcasts. It's my belief that... Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania is a booking decision that has a generational impact on a certain section of the fan base. Wow. If Cody Rhodes loses to Roman Reigns because WWE have just WWE'd it, or they've had a last-minute change of heart, or Vince McMahon just doesn't want to get out of that chair on Raw, whatever it is, I think they've potentially just axed, like, I don't know, whatever percentage. It doesn't really matter. The numbers aren't important. But they've got people by the heart with the yes. storyline. And they threaten to break that heart, not in a way that's good for business, but in a way that just chases them back off. Like, makes them look what's over here. And it's AEW. And AEW's not bad. So, like, they'll look at AEW and be like, oh, I thought I was back in with old WWE. I thought the power was back. This has shown me that the power isn't back. Mm. The only thing that's back is a thing I've hated for the last 10, 15 years. Really is all or nothing, isn't it? It's enormous. It's absolutely enormous. And in building to that, every one of these segments has felt just as big. Yeah. I'm probably treading on the toes of my analysis of the main event segment, <laughs> but like all of these segments and all of these weeks, the weeks when it's just Cody and Paul Heyman and then when Cody finally meets Roman Reigns for the first time and what that looks like and when Sammy turns and when Sammy and Kevin are together but apart and all the rest of it. Like Kevin, I said it at the time, I said it when we covered Elimination Chamber, like it made more sense for him to not hug him than hug him no matter how much of a pop that would have got in Montreal. Yes. Like, look at what we have here. We have we have two things, because you needed two things to make the story make sense. I, I realise this is a low bar, and sometimes I'm giving WWE credit for something that they should have been doing all along, but I feel like it's encouraging a, a small child or something like, well done, mm. you've done that, and keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it just feels like they've plotted this out. I remember the, the story about, like, I can't remember, it's probably Cornette who told it, about Russo saying, like, right, we're going to do Taker and Kane at Mania, uh, and first week... Kane's going to put Taker through six tables or whatever. And they're like, cool, what are we doing week two? Three, yeah. four, five, et cetera. <laughs> it feels like they've worked backwards, which mm -hmm. is such a, a rarity within WWE, that they've gone, yeah, okay, so two weeks out from WrestleMania, this will happen, whether it be involved in the KO and Sammy story or the Cody story or three stories. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but also, like, yeah, they've gone, okay, but we're going to need to do something surrounding it six weeks out. Why don't we have Paul Heyman and Cody do that amazing, you know, yeah. emotional promo off between the two of them? I just, just, I think it's, and, and, and to be fair, and again, giving them credit for something they should always do, but come on, we're encouraging them. <laughs> they didn't have to do this. They could have just had Cody go off and be like, well, I'm fighting Roman. Yeah. And, uh, separate brands, be separate first, stories. Exactly. Yeah. I can be the first person to, to finally defeat Roman in this amount of time. So here's me in the gym. And, mm -hmm. you know, doing all the promotional stuff because I'm the John Cena now and I'm there to, ah, come on, guys, I'm putting the company on my back. Meanwhile, they're doing other stuff with Sammy and KO who immediately come back together or, yeah. you know, it just... No, this is what you're watching is booking. Yeah. That's the that's the, the difference. It's booking, it's storytelling. And, like, we've used this example a hundred times because WWE still do this more than they don't and it's still while the bar is lower. There are still more storylines in WWE that do the thing where you have a match in the distance and then you just repeat the stakes week after week after week. 
This is a developing thread. Yeah. And, it is, and I've used this on another podcast. It is no coincidence that the two matches that are yet to have graphics are the ones that we've seen hiding in plain sight since pretty much Clash at the Castle, that being the tag title match and the father and son match. Yes. Like, we're two weeks out with no graphics, and since September, they've been, like, two of the hottest matches that you've been waiting to see how mm. we get there. And here we are. Like, and it's so thrilling to see that we've made it. It's, I, like, I, I genuinely love that about my experience of watching Dub Dub E, and it's, like, a further reminder why the power's back. Mm. Uh, speaking of which... We followed that up with Legado del Fantasma uh, versus Ex Condom and Mammy. Oh my god! It's risky. It's yeah, there's quite water. a full water bottle. Um, Don Mysterio is a fantastic professional wrestler. <laughs> he's, he's copying the right ones at the moment. Isn't yeah, he, he uh, flies across the ring at the bell. Obviously, Santos has had his issues with uh, with Dominic. Actually, with the whole group, in fact, because Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley aren't just a pairing. Obviously, they're a couple, yeah. uh, but they're in a, a part of a, a group. And um, well, the best way to put it, I suppose, is they're in the fucking judgment. Typically, they work on Raw, yeah. which in WWE terms is on the other side. So it was nice to get on the smile. I dropped the other side on Anna Louise the other day at no reference and just got blank stare. <laughs> As if to say, like, how dare you not up on this very, very, very niche. Somebody, I wish I could remember the name, I'm sorry, was like, messages to say, uh, I watched The Judgment Day for the first time. Um, it can't have been Kid Icarus. But some, I'm so sorry that I've forgotten who this was. Uh, I watched WWE for the first time and I was shocked and appalled that like it doesn't say <laughs> I'm in the in Judgment Day, in the Judgment Day's entrance. Uh, so yeah, Dominic flies across the ring, drop kicks Santos to start us off. Uh, Ripley comes in, mixed tag rules, etc. Uh, she doesn't care though, because she goes after Escobar who holds her leg and that allows Alina Vega to come off the top rope with a big crossbody. Um Escobar um, takes Mysterio out of the clothesline from the apron to the floor, and Vega moonsaults to the floor, taking out both members of the Judgment Day to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Mysterio is in control, but Escobar fights back with a beautiful-looking dropkick. Uh, Ripley comes in and throws Dominic onto Escobar near fall, but Vega breaks up the pin. Uh, then we get a double crossbody between Dominic and Santos. Vega comes in, runs wild, uh, running knee, tilt world DDT, um, gets the goal, goes to the pin, which Dominic Mysterio breaks up for a nice oh, bit yeah. of heat. Um, Ripley sends Vega out to the floor. Escobar and Mysterio fighting on the top rope. So Ripley does a Tower of Doom spotlight. Well, sucks to be you, Dom. <laughs> but yeah, she... Grabs Escobar and slams him, but he's got hold of Dom, so that's a superplex for Dominic Mysterio. Um, Vega comes in and takes out Dom with Hurricane Rana, but she gets too cocky and taunts a little bit and turns around into a riptide from Rhea Ripley. One, two, three. Post-match, Dom takes the mic, mocks his dad again, calls him a deadbeat dad, of course. Uh, he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. And then we see Rey Mysterio making his way to the ring as we go to a break. We'll talk about what came afterwards in a second, but I really enjoyed this match. A real uh, victory, this. Again, it's hard to, like, praise it as this in-ring classic, but I thought it did everybody such, um, like, a pleasant service. Mm. This was, again, like, quite good. I don't know if it was good booking, but it was certainly really great matchmaking. Um, why not give the shine to Zelina Vega when you're about to basically get to the business end of Dominic stuff next and Rhea Ripley's got the night to come that she's yeah. going to have later on? So look at this. 
And obviously, you know, uh, the Legados are seen as this, like, really credible in-ring act. And Santos Escobar has got all this pedigree from his NXT run and the little fleeting moments we've had on SmackDown. But Zelina Vega, as a babyface luchador, has never really been explored. I'm pretty sure all of her in-ring stuff's been as a heel. And I just thought it was really impressive matchmaking. As we said, the Judgment Day folding in Legado del Fantasma as a great stable versus stable war as guardians of Rey Mysterio's integrity, I guess, yeah. has been a really inspired way to get them a bit of face time, like on SmackDown, where they wouldn't have had any otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Twice, imagine if they'd picked Hit Row instead. Like, Ugh. like this has been a really nice way to fold them in. But if this is the last of that, because it does feel like this mini feud has come to an end, and the Judgment Day have, of course, won it, because they've got this very busy WrestleMania, you've got to keep the Judgment Day strong. Zelina Vega is now the latest recipient of the benefit of something of yet more good storytelling, yet more good character work, mm-hmm. is that she's got this little sequence with Rhea Ripley, somebody that is primed and ready to become the world champion, and for a second she's been able to look her equal, yeah. or like, not her equal, but athletically on, on another level, and I just thought that's like pretty intelligent and sophisticated matchmaking. It's great stuff. No, not loads behind the match, but if you look at it as like one extended angle between the Judgment Day and the Legados, a kind of mini success story. So yeah, Ray storms down to the ring next, wearing an LWO chain. I noticed yeah. it too. Um, and he asks Rhea, please just give me a moment with my son. Ripley just backs off. Uh, Dom gets in his face. Usual shtick here. Uh, oh, Dad, you actually bothered to show up and show, show time for me, <laughs> which I liked. Um Nice line there. You took away my WrestleMania moment. Come on, Joe. <laughs> um, and Ray says, look, yeah, I did miss out on stuff. I missed birthdays. I missed important events. Uh, but I still love you, son. Uh, fans cheer. He says, look, this selfish. Mm. Uh, but I did everything that I did. I missed all that stuff because of family. I wanted to give my wife, my daughter, my son, everything I never had. Uh, and let's not forget, by the way, the uh, Mysterio name bailed you out of trouble more than once. Yeah. Um, but Ray's getting emotional. He's talking about the Hall of Fame. He says, look, I really want you by my side on that night. Um, but my biggest regret is what you've become. <laughs> uh, and he says, look, if some punk kid called me out for WrestleMania, I'd kick his ass. Big kick his ass chant here. But... I'm not going to fight you because as much as the fans were disappointed by this, you're my child. Yeah. I'm not going to fight you. He's sticking to the party line, understandably so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dom, again, tries his best to sort of bait him. Oh, go on, walk away. Uh, that's all you're good for. That's all you've ever taught me, uh, you bitch. Basically. <laughs> um, I love the slow burn on this. Yeah. I can't call which way they go now, and I love every option. I love the option where next week... On the SmackDown, before Rey Mysterio is about to be inducted, like a career highlight, regardless of what you think of the Hall of Fame, and Rey Mysterio should receive this as the honour it absolutely is. If on the SmackDown before, he arrives at a situation where on what should be the best night of his life, a match graphic drops that he's fighting his son in 24 hours. Like, it is just the most incredible pro wrestling of circumstances for that to happen to him. Or, as we talked about, still no graphic. Like, all of a sudden, Conan's trying to do the induction and then the Judgment Day strike in the middle of the Hall of Fame ceremony, and... Rey Mysterio has no choice, and it's not so much a graphic as it's like, you want me at WrestleMania, I'll be at WrestleMania, I'll see you there, and you never get a graphic, but you get this. Dominic Mysterio has got to look over his shoulder, what's the deal? Or, and this is starting to be the thing I'm thinking, uh, at the Hall of Fame, Rey Mysterio was asked just to have his son by his side, 
and Dominic Mysterio, like halfway through the speech, makes his appearance and he's like in a black tuxedo with a purple bow tie and cummerbund. Oh my god! Thank you, rightfully so as well. Uh, but he's there, and it, like all the family are there, obviously, and they're in the ring with Ray, and he's like, "You wanted me by your side." Like, you wouldn't give me a WrestleMania moment, but yet again, I'll give you what you want, Dad, and I'll give you your Hall of Fame moment. And then he decks him and hospitalizes him at the Hall of Fame, and there is no match. And just because the Judgment Day are across both nights, Dominic Mysterio is basically the heel of the weekend. He gets to hang out with his mates. Let's say he accompanies Rhea Ripley on night one, and he's also going to, he says, and I can't wait to be there too on night two for Finn and Edge, Dead. Shame you won't be at WrestleMania this year. Dead. I guess I took your moment away from you. It was like a flip of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ray makes the appearance, neck brace and all, at WrestleMania. As they're bringing out the Hall of Famers, Dominic Mysterio comes out as his dad. Oh, my God, even better. And beats the living f***ing out of his son (laughs) at WrestleMania, but it's not even a match. And what you have is this incredible moment of catharsis for the fans who desperately want this dad to beat up his son <laughs> for the dad that has had no choice to beat up his son and just the most incredible match for backlash mask versus that would, uh, I, I, I would be okay because it would be the payoff you know like the i'd also be okay with them renaming it wrestlemania backlash because that justify it oh yeah they've cut it haven't they yeah. but it's backlash um and i just like again like it's probably wrestlemania but i don't think there's a route where this is bad no do you know what i mean i, I don't think there's a run at this where it isn't going to succeed it's so hot and it's so funny and heartbreaking. It's <laughs> it's not like honestly, maybe the most cinematic of all the Hollywood WrestleMania matches is this one because you're getting every single cinematic emotion. Yeah. Like it's got all those genres attached to it. It's been like action comedy romance right across the way. And at some point there's got like something's got to give. I think it was Martin Scorsese who said about the Ray and Dominic feud, this is cinema. <laughs> I think it was. Cine. Because it was because it was like awarded it. It won something at Cannes, I think. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, then it was time for the, what's this? WrestleMania Showcase Qualifying Match. Oh, boy. They've hoid on two four-way tag matches to get a load of people on the card, basically. Yeah. I don't like this. Uh, I've seen who's going to be on, on the <laughs> men's side of things, and I'm bloody pumped about that. We did sort of say, didn't we, like, the, there's an awful lot of tag teams and mid-carders that, like, can you really not... You have to justify doing the Battle Royal or something. And yeah, it's this instead of the Battle exactly. Royal, isn't it? Eight spots instead of 30 for the two divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first qualifier was Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. This uh, is Emma and Tegan Knox. Um, Morgan and Rodriguez working together early on for the advantage. Uh, Knox fights back, though. It's Morgan with a knee to the face, but uh, she's forgotten, despite the fact they isolate Morgan at, the, at this point. Morgan quite likes pain. She's, uh, <laughs> she's a bit extreme. She's probably yeah. the most extreme, actually, in the if anything. Uh, WWE Women's Division. Tap out. Might bloody have to. <laughs> a smile on my face. So Emma suplexes her for a two-count. Morgan recovers. Backstabber gets over to Raquel, who runs it, comes in and runs wild. Series of clotheslines. Fall away slam. Twisting elbow gets a near fall. Uh, power bombs Emma. Tags Liv back in, who hits the oblivion. One, two, three. Raquel and Liv are heading to WrestleMania. Nice and rubbish in the same breath. This nice for Liv Morgan's fan base who will get to see her perform at WrestleMania and Raquel Rodriguez who gets a spot that I think she deserves. Um, I don't know heel at Mania? Don't know, maybe. That's two years in a row, I've just realised, for Liv Morgan around WrestleMania. Partly, yeah, turn, maybe. Like, I feel that timing is the only thing that's caught Raquel Rodriguez out this time around. I think she had a great rumble and had they gotten to her sooner, maybe you would have been able to slot her in here. It's not happened. So nice for them too. Uh, these eight mans, eight, pe- eight women and eight men are going to get these matches instead of 30 for the um, Andres. If I was one of the 22, I'd be getting a little bit concerned because it does feel like a certain someone is back in a chair and it does feel like a company has gotten back used to post-WrestleMania releases. Mm, and spring I, cleaning. And I just... And at Triple H, uh, th- like these conflicting reports that come out that Triple H is like unhappy with some of these people he's brought back. And look at who lost here. Mm. Demer and Tegan Knox. Well, he's given them out. Oh, granted, yeah. Like he's given them absolutely. Well, she's been crashing on make it. I'm crashing on make it. Who like, they now just openly admit is her boyfriend. Aye. And he's like kind of, he's crushing a make it too. And that's supposed <laughs> to be the bit, but that's not been featured for like a few aye. weeks now. So like neither of them have been well booked, but you sense it's going to go that way possibly for Hit Row. It's possibly going to go that way for Parry and Pross. There's a number of people, like, <laughs> it appears to be going that way for Dexter Loomis, like, and maybe Gargano as well, but definitely Loomis. Mm. And it's just like, you brought them back, Paul. Yeah. Like, you wanted could have told you about half of these. Yeah, you wanted these people, so book them. Like, actually use them, and they're not going to get booked. And I just think, oh, like, these eight women and eight men tags are much smaller versions of the get everybody on the card mm. matches. If you I, don't, hit- I don't know. If you want to hear the rumoured lineups, by the way, for those matches, uh, we talked about them in the news today, so you can either read about it at whatculture.com or if you can't be asked to do any of that, um, just listen <laughs> to the news podcast or watch the news on our YouTube channel. Um, and then it was time for Charlotte Flair. I'm calling her Charlotte Flair. That's right. She's not Charlotte Flair. Just no, yet. not yet. No. Recovered it here. She comes out, says, oh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And, you know, when I was a babby in my mother's arms, um, this was built on Rhodes as a challenger, Flair as a champion. And look at that. 
shooting some like LTST for next year's WrestleMania main event or something. What's what you playing at here? Is she like, oh, you're not coming down with politicking yourself into night one main event. You're going to go for night two against Cody next year. Yeah, no, but I'd put my money on Brandy winning the, winning the Women's Royal oh, Rumble. Mate, yeah, yeah, book actually. I mean, um, she says, look, Rhea Ripley, you want to be a star? You got to beat me first. You couldn't beat me three years ago. Um, the same is going to happen this year. The more things change, the more they stay the same. So here comes Rhea and Dom. Uh, Ripley says, look, when I walk through that locker room, Men, women, they all turn their backs. They all fear me, except you, and that pisses me off. Um, she says, look, Charlotte, you're a champion. You're a star. You're one of the biggest stars in the company. But I want, no, I need the SmackDown Women's Championship. I need to be a star. Um, I'm going to beat you for the title, and you will finally learn to bloody fear me. Um, Dom gets in Charlotte's face because, of course, he does, mm-hmm. uh, allowing Rhea Ripley to cheap shot her. And I thought, oh, is that it? We're just going to, ooh, see you next week. Yeah. But no, um, Ripley and Mysterio are sort of gloating about it uh, outside the ring. Charlotte gets up and goes, I'm not going to stand for that, actually. <laughs> she gets out of the ring, runs after her, attacks her. Huge brawl, huge proper pull-apart brawl. Not yeah. a couple of slaps. Three members of security and them going, oh, I'll bloody get you. Just sh- genuine, it felt like, get off me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to gouge this security guard's eyes out so I can get one more shot in on you. And they keep being pulled apart and going back together. And they're so wild and flailing that I think Flair kicked over a security guard over a barricade. Um, Ripley then comes back and throws Flair over the table. Flair recovers and jumps off the table onto Ripley. They go into the crowd eventually. Um, Ripley just gets on security guards and goes, get off me. He goes, no. She goes, okay, big old headbutt <laughs> for you, you prick. Um, eventually, official security, the half the United States Army out there have to separate them. But it's a little, 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 little fire in me about this match. Yeah, really, really. what we saw them do at Money in the Bank. Basically. Yeah, super physical, really, really hot brawl. Um, I'm not, I've got, I've, I don't know, I've got really conflicting views on this Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair thing. The bit of it that makes sense is that Rhea Ripley now knows exactly who she is and knows with, like, with a certainty that is so in, like, I don't know, it's so inspirational almost that what happened at WrestleMania 36 will not happen to at WrestleMania 39. I love that. I love that sort of, look, not only am I confident, but here's the objective evidence that, like, I'm running this division now, like, and you're past it, you're old hat. Like, age is nothing but a number. It's TV age, and Charlotte Flair, you're ancient, mm. and I am not. Um, and that was the difference, and I was a baby, and you were still in your prime. Meanwhile, Charlotte Flair, so I like that. Meanwhile, Charlotte Flair's stuff about how, like, I'm a star and you're not. It just doesn't wash with me because Rhea Ripley has gone to WrestleMania and won the women's title. Just because the match against Asuka sucked and the storyline was terrible, <laughs> didn't mean she didn't do it. I know that, like, she lost to her, so Charlotte can say, look, there are levels to this game, and beating Asuka isn't beating me. And they can't say that outright, but I guess that's, like, the quiet part loud with this. I, so I, I buy that less. And crucially... And it's like, it didn't really matter by the end of this brawl. I'm just flagging it up because I feel like, you know, it wouldn't be analysis if I didn't. Mm. The story remains that Rhea Ripley is the baby face here. <laughs> yes. She's gone coast to coast in the Royal Rumble and basically has to vindicate herself as a as the big deal because apparently going over an hour in the toughest match of the year wasn't enough 
and she now she has to beat Charlotte Flair, somebody that is basically trying to keep her thumb on Rhea Ripley's head. So the dynamics are still completely all over the shop. But to your point as well, they showed their physical chemistry in a way that I think this feud is desperately needed. A hell the of brawl, a sneak peek for Mania. This. Yeah, the brawl was hot, and if they've got this in them, I'm still not convinced it's the right way to go for the main event. Don't, no, one. no, no. Don't put it in the main event. But it's, uh, I, I don't know, we might be heading like head first for that, and there'll be arguments for it and whatever. But there was a point, I, I have no higher praise when I talk about pull-aparts, right? There was a bit where, you know, when Rhea Ripley was trying to get back over the rail and security holding the back, and she does this, like, open mouth, like, half grinning, half screaming. Yes. She reminded me when Andy Kingston was trying to bite CM Punk's <laughs> nose off. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And, like, he just kind of leans in and goes, ah! And he looks like a freeze frame of a, like, David Lynch monster character, <laughs> or, like, Bob himself from Twin Peaks. Like, he's just leaning, he's like, he just wants to bite CM Punk's face off. He doesn't care which bit he gets. He'll take a nose, he'll take an ear, he'll take an eye, but he'll take something. Mm. Rhea Ripley wanting to do that as a, like, security task force and guardrails and the ring itself separated them. But she was like, well, I'll lean with my head then. Ah! <laughs> like that. I just thought it was... I, I bought it. Yeah. I completely and utterly bought it. And there's only one... No, two Smackdowns left? Yeah. So it's probably come at just the right time. Yeah. It's a lot to fumble now. So they're in a, they're in a pretty good place with this. Still don't put it at the main event of WrestleMania, though. No. Uh, Hi, Kyla! Uh, he's chatting to Sami Zayn in the back. He talks about Kevin Owens driving off, and you know he's got his confrontation with Jey Uso. Like he brought all this on himself, he says, and I'll accept what happens later. Uh, then it was time for L.A. Naira versus Xavier Woods. Uh, get well soon, Kofi Kingston. Just gone on surgery for his ankle, I believe. Yeah, bad time. Um, L.A. Knight's over, man. Mm-hmm. Listen to that noise. You cannot miss him off WrestleMania one way or another. Yeah. Um, and this is a, this was a short match. I don't really know what they're doing with their late night, if I'm perfectly honest. Mm. Um, because he looked good in there. Um, by the way, unsurprising, I'm going to, you know, uh, go to the defense of one of my best friends. But um, did you hear Wade's line on commentary? I know often we just sort of tune it out. I don't, obviously, when it's, especially when it's someone like Wade Barrett. LA Knight has the face, body, and the shoes of a champion. Nice. Very good. Well played, sir. Yes. Who needs Pat McAfee, not <laughs> me? Uh, well, he can wrestle, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, they, they fight at a top rope. Uh, missile drop kick from, from Woods. Broken arrow gets him a near fall. LA Knight comes back and just drops Woods' face. He looks incredible. His mm-hmm. body's amazing. Sets up for a suplex. Woods counters those small packages in one, two, three. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've got a lot of faith in whatever the LA Knight project is. Okay. I, th- I think they, I think something's happening. And I don't mean that in the usual. Let him cook. Well, something's happening. Yeah, I don't want to let him cook. Something's good here. LA Knight did another thing at the house show where he might have even lost again, but he was like, I'll be at WrestleMania one way or another. I think they're with him. I think, I think WWE as an institution are with LA Knight. I think, like, as the days go by, as the weeks go by, is it not looking an even bigger achievement than what he did with Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Right? And that's, like... And that's if there was anyone left that doesn't listen to this podcast that wasn't the other night truth anyway. <laughs> but that has proven, I think, to the wider landscape of pro wrestling what he offers. I think, like, there's a, there's a number of scenarios. Very few of them are bad, but I think LA Knight will be on that show. Yes. Best case scenario, this sounds preposterous, I know. Go home angle with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. Second best case scenario, on the night example with Stone Cold Steve Austin, because, like... 
Stone Cold is 50% of what LA Knight kind of is, and the other mm-hmm. half is The Rock. So it's like, there's a, like... Him One com- each night. Yeah, him coming out and doing, like, leaning more on his Austin side of things. Yeah, like, don't you want me? Just gets them to go, what, every time he says, yeah. And then as soon as they're saying, what, and he's saying, yeah, bang, glass smash, etc. So you might get an Austin moment as a surprise if you don't get a booked one. I also wonder if this um, last chance, like, the, the four-way tag thing, one of them teams might be a red herring, and it's LA Knight and Xavier Woods. Ooh. And they do the bit where, like, Xavier Woods hasn't got a partner, and we know it can't be Kofi, and it's like a hope against hope thing. The Big E's like, I'd love to do it, man. I, I just can't, I just can't. And Woods is, I, I, I don't know who to turn the to. The new LA. Yes, L- it is. LA Woods, like Hollywood. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't fucking know. But, like, point being, like, Woods, is, they've had these, like, interactions together. And LA Knight's like, you've got a problem with WrestleMania now. I've got a problem with WrestleMania. Hands together. Oh, my God, I've thought of it. And it's, oh, Jesus Christ. Do you know sometimes I genuinely scare myself with how much of a genius I am? You scare myself, too. Night and day. Oh, my God, smash the button. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what we're doing. Oh, my God. Night and day at WrestleMania. We've done it. Tweet it later, guys. Tick. Tick. We've done it. Fixed it. So, yeah, like, I wonder if the fact that these two have been involved with each other lately is for that mm. good idea like that um they talk about the great muta going into the hall of fame but i was angry and confused because i don't know who that is <laughs> uh, idiots online um and then yeah uh, kayla tries to chat to la night but he sees ray mysterio and he's like oh well uh, it could be worse i could be that guy this is amazing by walks the way. over to him and he goes um well, I, I fight your son at WrestleMania as soon as you won't. Maybe I'll change my name to L.A. Mysterio and I'll be a deadbeat dad too. And Mysterio <laughs> chinned him and shouted at him in Spanish and L.A. Knight went, what did he say? Incredible scenes. This idea that, like, Rey Mysterio, as much as, like, he's just, oh, God, Dominic, I'm sick of you, mate. Like, I'll beat your son up. <laughs> That's so funny. I'll beat your son up. I'll take your kid. And then, like, what did he say about me? Just brilliant. His character, man, they're there. Again... This is a WWE that remains, like, because the power's back, like, when a character inspires the, like, the functioning gears of this creative enterprise, yes. you get good material like this. It takes a little while for, pe- for like, people to get underneath the creative uh, team's skin to make them right for them. But an LA night that isn't firing doesn't get a segment like this. Exactly. But yeah. they're encouraged to, like, right, how would these characters interact? Let's smorch them together. It's magic. Then it was time for the uh, much-hyped number one contenders match. Who's heading to WrestleMania to face Gunther for the IC title? Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Um, Surprise, surprise, they beat the crap out of each other in this match. Sheamus comes down to the ring with his shillelagh. Drew McIntyre brings his sword. They both point at the WrestleMania sign. Uh, Here comes Imperium. Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci uh, all come down to get a closer look. Wade tried to interview Gunther halfway through this, and he just yelled at him, saying, I'll fight whoever. You're bloody unprepared, unprofessional. (laughs) Um, McIntyre offers a handshake. James is like, nah, we're not doing that here tonight, mate. Um, It feels glib to say back and forth, but really hard-hitting back and forth. Stiff shots. Um, Sheamus comes into it, though, with the Irish curse backbreaker. This is where Gunther just... Just went, piss off, Wade. <laughs> uh, Seamus goes up top. McIntyre cuts him off. Huge superplex to take us to a break. When we come back, it's just chop after chop after chop between the two men. Um, Seamus, who's gone for the uh, 
10 beats of the Bodron earlier, finally connects with it and just turns around and yells in the direction of Imperium. Goes for the bro kick, but McIntyre avoids it. And neck breakers, Sheamus. He sets up for the Claymore, runs at him. Sheamus counters with a knee for a near fall. This gets a this is awesome chant, more than deserved. Um, big clotheslines from both men. And then they both struggle to their feet in their corner. McIntyre goes to the Claymore. Sheamus goes to the bro kick. They both hit it. They're both laid out this as called by Michael Hamlet on the SmackDown preview. And suddenly we realize, wait a second, they're both going to get countered out of this match. Gunther's not happy. He jumps in, yells at the referee, takes his title in with him and uh, tells both men, come on, get up, prove yourselves. Who's, who's man enough to take a, you know, to win this match and get a shot of the title at me at WrestleMania? And then inside the rest of Imperium to attack them. The match obviously gets thrown out. No one's won, mm. Michael Hamflet. Um, and Gunther decides to just really put an exclamation point on this by powerbombing Sheamus onto McIntyre, which is a pretty dangerous spot considering how close we are to WrestleMania. But still, yeah. uh, Imperium go to walk out. Then Postman Piers appears on the big screen. Yeah, Postman Piers appears on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says, look, Gunther, you, the only reason I booked this match is you said you wanted one opponent, but your, your actions indicate otherwise. You forced my hand. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I was so certain that that's the kind of spot slash finish we were headed. I didn't feel a great deal for the match, if I'm honest. The fans yeah, the, I could see where it was going. Yeah, fans in the building came up for the announcement, just as they did the possibility of it the week before. So they like, fair play. They've really sold this audience on a triple threat from Royal Rumble to now. And it's been pretty basic, but the way in which fans have responded has made it, like, justify doing it the basic way. Yeah. But I thought the match was, like, a bit of an under-delivery on, like, you've got to be... There's a certain degree of way, like, you've got to be so physical to do something that you know you're going to kind of screw people with at the end, and they just didn't quite get there for me. And I don't know what to make of the ending, to be honest. Like, I loved... Well, I think we talked about it. I love the idea of Gunther coming in and get up! Mm. Fight for this! And then they screw it up anyway. It's a bit thick. Have they, though? Do you know what? This proves to me how much I like this potential matchup. No, sorry. I mean, like, Imperium try and just screw up the match anyway. Mm. Kayfabe. Like, they just... Okay, yeah. I don't don't mean the booking. I just mean in terms, like, as a heel, Gunther's like, I want one of yous. And then he's like, psych, I want neither of you. Get them, boys. I was like, I don't know. I appreciate that, like, powerbombing one and the other is making them physically weaker for him Mm -hmm. at WrestleMania, but... I feel like they would have known that that was going to be the consequence. I want my characters to sometimes be a bit more intelligent than that, especially when they're as handsome as Gunther is. <laughs> I, I, you know, this is one of those things where we say about this, uh, sometimes with AEW, where we go like, well, it's not, to the on the face of it, it's not ideal, the, mm. what they've done here. But because I'm so invested in this, I'm going to do the mental gymnastics required. I'm going to apply what I applied on the SmackDown preview, Roderick Strong principle. Yeah. I think he said, oh, bloody hell, whoever wins out of this is going to have such momentum. Mm. And I only just kind of got out there when I faced Seamus, you know, all those months back. But if they're both in there, mm-hmm. he's so concerned with taking each other out that I can kind of pick the bone. That's what I've done here. They didn't explicitly say that. So, I've, I, again, I've maybe got gone a bit too far there. But well, I think he might win as well, which is exciting because in a singles match, I think it'd be a harder bet. But... There's a chance Gunther retains there, isn't there? Yes. And I think that's you like... You do the full Batista, Rey Mysterio. Drew's got the match won. Sheamus breaks it up. What are you doing? Turn yeah. Drew heel. You're supposed Sha- to be my friend. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we see we've like, we've uh, got around got around. Well, business gets done on this podcast, doesn't it? Like, but yeah, sort, it was, sort it, out their booking. They book should have shows. they should have done the way we did it. But Night so. and day. That's, uh, that's good stuff, though, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody, somebody over here in Stamford, Connecticut's writing that down. Yeah. Night and day. Yeah, Ellie Knight's right in that Sami Zayn and Jey Uso, the confrontation was the main event of the show. Sami, in his own words, pulled up. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, right, I'm here. Jay's already down in the ring, obviously. Um, I'm here. How do you want to do this, Jay? Um, I like the fact that Jay said, I've got a job to do, but I need you to hear this first. Like, I am going to kick the shit out of you, but yeah. I want to <laughs> explain why I'm about to do this first. He says, look, from day one, not the pay-per-view, I didn't like you, didn't trust you, didn't want you around. But then week after week, you know, you earn the affections. Jimmy likes you. Solo likes you. The wise man likes you. Hell, even the tribal chief Roman Reigns start to like you. But not me, though. I always tried to protect the family. And the one time I put my gun down, what do you do? You betray us. You make me look stupid in front of the whole world. You were meant to be family. Do you know what that means? Well, now I have to remind you, you've always been a fake-ass oos. Sammy says, no. You choose... This was so preemptive. Yeah. You choose to take abuse from Roman Reigns. I love this family, but I wasn't going to stand there week after week and take Roman's abuse. Jay, you're just mad at yourself. Sorry, Jay, you're mad at yourself, not me, because I'm the one who hit Roman with a chair. You're not mad because I did that. You're mad that I did it first. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Just to put it out Jay, front. Jay sort of goes, yeah. Shut up. Going into this, the big brawl breaks out. Um, Zane's getting the better of him, but he, of course, here, here comes Jimmy Uso to help out his brother. They beat Zane down around ringside. They haul him into the stairs. They hit him with the stairs. They throw him back in the ring to murder him further. When oh my God. <laughs> Kevin Owens' music hits, he's huge, Peb. <laughs> and of course, they turn. Come on, come on out, you come, Kevin Owens. But he slid in behind them with his hoodie on. He takes it off. They turn around. Beats the sh- at Jimmy and Jay. Uh, one gets a stunner, the other gets a pop-up power bomb, and there they are. Oh my god! So slid out the ring. Owens and Zayn are there. They stand across from each other, and it's Kevin who makes the move to walk over, following a hug it out chance, mm-hmm. and embrace Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunite. We even got that great shot backstage of Cody Rhodes just giving a little knowing smile as he watches the conclusion to Friday night. Goddamn Smackdown. I mean, where to start on this? Um, I'm going to give WWE a victory lap before I take one for myself. (laughs) Um, The Cody Rhodes bit. Right, I'll tell you what I love about the Cody Rhodes bit, other than it's just so fantastically Cody. that He's there like, you kids got yourselves back together and it was good to me. My work here is done. You didn't do anything. Didn't I? Like, it's so perfect that it's Cody that is, obviously, and not just because he's fighting Roman Reigns the next day. It's because this story is really great. And let me explain to you why. Cody has had this interaction with Roman where Roman has kind of, like, called him a bit of a bitch. 
your dad loved me more than he loved you. Oh. He loved all of his kids more than he loved his actual kid. That great line that Cody himself has used, you know. So Roman going for the head, as Paul Heyman has told him he's going to yeah, do. Yeah, right? yeah. We have to decide whether or not we want to beat you physically or beat you mentally, all that kind of thing. At that point, that was when, if Cody already wasn't looking on from his own mountain of omnipotence and thinking, mm-hmm. I need to sort those two, he's, then he thought, I have to sort them two mm-hmm. because we cannot do this alone. We are stronger together. I started a wrestling company with my friends. I can save a wrestling company from a tyrannical grip with my friends. This is what Cody Rhodes does, right? Yeah. So Cody Rhodes' law is that this is how he does his business. Now, it's not just, in this case, about getting with his friends, is it? Roman Reigns is telling him, ah, I'm one of Dusty's kids. You wouldn't know what that feels like, Cody, literal son of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> so what's Cody done? He's got two more of Dusty's kids. Oh. And he's put them back together in Zayn and in Owen, same people that were in that performance center under the, the learning track. I know, you know, it's the Steen Erico thing, but in WWE canon, it's the, yeah. everyone in NXT in that golden era came from under the learning tree of Dusty Rhodes. It was why that era was so golden. And why Triple H was a silver, trying to realize that. But like, <laughs> um, Cody identifying that about those two. And I want to shout out Myth Gifts on Twitter at this point because yeah. for years she's been doing incredible Sammy and Kevin law work. Despite but, the best efforts of WWE. Yeah, she'll find she'll find the details that they're incorporating into their character work, even if WWE are just throwing it away. And she uploaded, again, from the Dusty Rhodes Golden Era when Sammy wins the title just before Kevin turns on him. Sammy's in the ring and here comes Kevin, his best friend, with a broken nose from the match with Juice Robinson earlier that night. And... We know now, obviously, that he's about to powerbomb into the ring. But right there and then, Sammy sees him and does the same back step as he's holding the belt, as he does here. Oh. He does a back step before Kevin hugs him because he's like, is he going to hug me or is he going to punch me? Like, And they hug just like they did at that NXT TakeOver in 2014. So a brilliant catch from Myth there about their shared body language. But I believe that's really significant because I believe that Cody has not just had to find these two people that are closest to the bloodline, but he's had to find, hey, Roman, I've got Dusty's kids of my own. Uh, like, I don't need you to be telling me that, like, ah, oh, I was one of Dusty's boys because I've got two with me. Like, and together we're going to take you all down over WrestleMania weekend. You're not going to get your Hollywood ending. I am. And all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so great. So that's why the Cody Rhodes thing is better than just it's funny and it's sweet <laughs> and it's nice and he's the peacemaker and all that. It's good because narratively it's so tight and strong as well. On uh, Sammy and Kevin specifically, and the pop and the reaction that generated yet again. Fire up the f***ing tapes, because yet again, like, the idea that there wasn't enormous pops to be generated from dragging these things out was not foolish, but just cynical because WWE has made you that way. Yes. Like, I'm an idiot for this. I'm allowed one correct take in, like... Well, the last 20 years or so of terrible storytelling, <laughs> and here I am. This is why I'm taking a victory lap, because it's my first one. Like, I've asked people to trust the process, and you've trusted the process, and look what you get. Yeah. Like, it, but it's never worked out before, ever. <laughs> like, we're all ultimately being gaslit by Roman Reigns, just Roman Reigns is WWE. This one will work out, and then 10 stories won't. But this was everything it should have been because of the, like, intricate and immaculate plotting and structuring of the story that got us to this point. Right to the extent that Kevin Owens attacked from behind in a hoodie, which is exactly what Sami Zayn's been doing, because finally, finally they are wise to the bloodline, and finally they are showing, yet again, as was said, if you listen to the number one wrestling podcast, that what is actually stronger than a weak familial link is a real friendship one. Like, 
Sami Zayn on this show called him his brother. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the bloodline have been able to be for quite some time now. Right. Jey Uso is exceptional yet again. Yeah. When was the last time that Sami Zayn and Jey Uso had an aggressive face-off like this on SmackDown? I'll answer that question for you. It was when Jey Uso said, I don't give a damn about the Tribal Chief. <laughs> that was the last time they were having crosswords against one another. And we all remember that quick zoom in on Roman's oh. face. And like... what Take it all back about WWE production in that what moment. Did, what did he just say? Like, that was the last time these two face off. And here they are again. And Sami Zayn is trying to get Jeyusa to admit that one more time. And now he can't do it because he's committed to the cause again. And he's like, fuck. Fuck, he's, he's right. <laughs> Shit like that. And it's just... Ah. Oh, I cannot wait for... They've just released a two-hour... Build thing, haven't they? All, all another the, one of them mixtape things that they do, yeah. And it'll be this is cinema. Can that? It's too late for the Oscars, isn't it? Next. The year. only reason it's not cinema because all films should be ninety minutes or less. But I'll <laughs> let them off for this one because I'll probably sit and watch that on double speed, so I can narrow. A few things you and Michael Owen agree on. Yeah, I can crack that in an hour. Like the um, there was a Twitter thing the other day. It was like uh, make a, a football team out of people only using your first name, and it's like right, any other strikers, please. Michael Loudrup, Michael whoever. It's like Michael, Michael Pro- Bridges, Ma- Michael Bridges, Michael Proctor, like just anybody but Michael <laughs> Owen. He's, he's not even getting on my bench, basically. Um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, the best story in wrestling. Yeah, it's. I'm nervous more for the result of the tag match because I've got to feel in my heart that they're going to get it right on the Sunday, and you could argue for and against on the Saturday. That's the real unpredictable mm-hmm. one of the bloodline versus the good guys, because what if you're supposed to think Roman's empire is stronger than ever before Cody brings it down. I think the, I think the story is that they have to chip away at it on a Saturday and finish the job on a Sunday. I think that's the that's the angle. I'd say so. And just a little bit of this, jumping, treading on the toes of our preview slightly, Cody versus Ludwig Kaiser announced for SmackDown. Yes. I think that exists. So on the go-home SmackDown, we're kind of seeing how the, the Triple H wires at this point. He wants to give you one look Yes, yes. Super Team USA. Well, Super Team Canada, I guess, whatever they are. And I think the Go Home SmackDown features Cody and Kevin and Sammy versus Imperium in a six-man, press the button, oh <laughs> in a six-man that leads to all hell-breaking loose when the Usos run in for the heels and Sheamus and Drew run in for the baby faces, and you get that like, what's going to happen at WrestleMania? Roman stands on the ramp looking at the whole thing. Surveying the scene. A little moment with Roman and Gunther, because let's not rule that out. Why not? Because he's going away for a bit. But I think that's the six-man for the goal of SmackDown. Brilliant ending to SmackDown. I tweeted about this last night. I'm crying, and you're crying. It's just been raining on my face. <laughs> just I'm perfectly timed. LTST, baby. Stunning. Stunning stuff. Like, WWE almost never, ever do this, and yeah. aren't doing it with almost anything else, but this is stunning. This is what you watch for. This is genuinely, like, what you watch wrestling for, but especially what you watch WWE for. Exactly. Let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Sid will be here a little bit later on uh, to review AW Rampage, and then myself and the Dadleys uh, will be here to preview Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.